Hello there and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Ida Waringa and by Stuart Weir. And on this week's show, we look back at a great CAF Champions League final with Al Atli taking an 11th title. We also focus on the UEFA Champions League final and ask how good this Man City team is. Also, we analyse the skills of Inter Milan's Cameroonian goalkeeper Andre Onana, who impressed many people in the Champions League final. And also as Nigeria great Finidi George has won the Nigerian League as a Yimba coach, what about speculation that he might become the next Super Eagles coach? It's a busy show for you. We start with the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers as the football action just keeps on coming. And we're into round five of qualifiers for the 2023 AFCON, which takes place in Ivory Coast next January and February. Well, on Wednesday, Guinea-Bissau qualified for their fourth straight Nations Cup with a 1-0 win away to Sao Tome. All of the qualifications coming under coach Basiro Kande, who took Guinea-Bissau to their first ever Nations Cup in 2017. And Kande deserves huge credit for what he's done with the team. Uh, meanwhile, Egypt qualified with a 2-1 win away to Guinea, a game played in Morocco. Trezeguet with the first goal with a Mohamed Salah assist for the Pharaohs. Uh, big games this weekend include Zambia against Ivory Coast in an appetizing clash on Saturday, although Ivory Coast do qualify automatically as the host. South Africa play Morocco in a blockbuster on Saturday. Both teams have qualified already, and Sierra Leone hosts Nigeria on Sunday, Nigeria needing a draw to qualify with a game to spare. Also, Ghana play away to Madagascar. A win will see the Black Stars qualify. Much more on those games on next week's show. To the CAF Champions League and Al-Athli of Egypt won a gripping final, beating Widat Casablanca of Morocco 3-2 on aggregate after the second leg last Sunday ended 1-1 in Casablanca, with Mohamed Abdel Monem scoring in the 78th minute to turn the tie around. Widat had been looking good in the driving seat from the 27th minute with a goal from a free kick from Morocco international fullback Yahia Atiat Allah. But Ashley knew that just one goal would turn things around and they did score late on for a record-extending 11th title. There was a vocal 60,000 crowd and amazing atmosphere. The game was tense with Ethiopian referee Bamlak Tesema pressurised by the players many times. A great final, Ida, and what a team Al-Ahli are. You know, Steve, when Al-Ahli were voted Africa's club of the century, there was such backlash, but I think they've really proven themselves, no? I mean, they now have six more titles than their nearest challengers, Cairo rivals Zamalek and Congo's TP Mazembe. They simply are Champions League specialists, I said it at the start of the campaign when their season looked in disarray, when they looked like they'd crash out at the group stage, and I'll say it again now, no one does a CAF Champions League how Al-Ali does it. And the fact that they're able to do it no matter the coach shows that there's an understanding of this tier of football they have, of course, you know, matched with the resources. It was sweet, sweet revenge for them. And 
just very quickly, Steve, I know we talked in depth about lights, flares and smoke culture in North African football. And sure enough, in the second half, the smoke from flares actually paused the game midway. But definitely an electrifying atmosphere in that final. Yes, it definitely was. We're next here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport, to the UEFA Champions League final. Uh, Lots on Manchester City with Stewart coming up later on, as City did the treble, beating Inter Milan 1-0. Only two African players were in the matchday squads. Algeria's Riyad Mahrez was an unused substitute for Man City, but it's another trophy for him nonetheless. And Cameroon's Andre Onana had a great game in goal for Inter. He's impressed many with his skills at playing the ball out from the back, and he's being linked to other big teams, Ida. Steve, even Pep Guardiola admitted to how frustrating it was for City to deal with Onana. He said that without the Cameroonian, then the game would have been much easier for the eventual champions. You see, the thing about Onana is that he's not just a brilliant shortstopper. He's an amazing passer as well. His reading of the game from his position is incredible, and he's very, very creative. I mean, he does things differently. And at the age and at the stage of the game he's at now, you know, having also passed through his share of controversies, you can tell that he's confident and sure about who he is. His creativity is something to be harnessed, if you ask me, yet it's said to be the same thing that got him into trouble at the World Cup Cameroon camp with coach Rigobat Song, remember that? It was primarily a generational thing. One is an old-school guy who wants things done in a traditional set way. The other is a young guy with a different, unconventional, and modern feel of the very same game. He's trying different things, and here's the thing, they're working. So, of course, with ego in the mix, there was going to be a clash, undoubtedly. All in all... I believe Onana's creativity is something to be encouraged and properly harnessed, as I've said, not to be dismissed. And I do think that a balance could ultimately have been reached. And his impact is undeniable because the minute he left the camp over the row with Song, Cameroon then conceded three in the next game. About the Champions League, well, it's not an exaggeration to say that Onana kept Inter in the competition. He kept eight clean sheets, Steve, eight. In the Nerazzurri's first return to the final in 13 years, and it was a run that started in the same group as Giants, Bayern Munich and Barcelona, has to be said. His role is absolutely undeniable. And anyone who saw him single-handedly repel Porto in the round of 16 would absolutely agree. So look, it's only natural that the 27-year-old is in demand with a lot of big clubs, but especially Chelsea. Inter is asking 70 million euros for him. And Steve, I'm sure that someone will be willing to pay. 
Yes, and asking for your thoughts on this on social media this week. How good is Andre Onana? Although he was on the losing team in the Champions League final, Inter Milan's Cameroonian keeper Onana impressed many people in that final and throughout the campaign, keeping eight clean sheets, as Aida says there.、Uh, besides his shot stopping, Onana has been praised for his passing and his vision, and is being linked to clubs like Chelsea. So, how good is Onana? Give us your thoughts on our Facebook. Page that's Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. How good is Andre Onana? Well, in other news, very sad to hear of the death of Clive Barker, the South African coach who led Bafana Bafana to the Africa Cup of Nations title in 1996.、Uh, Barker passed away last weekend at the age of 78, and the South African Football Association held a memorial service for him on Thursday. And the FIFA Secretary General Fatma Samura will step down at the end of the year after seven years.、Uh, Samura, who's from Senegal, of course, became the first female Secretary General of FIFA when she was appointed back in 2016. And Newcastle United have signed Gambian winger Yankuba Minte from Danish side Odense. Minte is 18. He'll officially join the Magpies on the first of next month before moving straight to Dutch side Feyenoord on loan for the season. Minte had four goals and six assists in 17 Danish Super League matches last season. And Nigeria great Finidi George had his biggest success so far as a coach last weekend, as Ayimba won the Nigerian League. Finidi won the Africa Cup of Nations with Nigeria and the UEFA Champions League with Ajax as a player. He was a fabulous winger. Good to see him doing well as a coach, Ida. It's really great, Steve. I agree. And his side in Yimba finished top on goal difference, after three teams had all finished with nine points each in what is called the Super Six playoff. So let me give a quick breakdown of just how the Nigerian top tier, or the professional football league as they call it, how it works. So it has twenty teams or clubs that split into two groups of ten. The top three clubs from each group then qualify for what I'd mentioned, which is the Super Six playoff round, which is what gives the eventual winners. In this case, Enyimba. The club is locally known as the People's Elephants, and it was the club's ninth league title. And with that, they also won 100 million naira, which is just over 200 thousand dollars, plus a spot in the next CAF Champions League. Finidi also led Enyimba to the Abia State FA Cup in March, so his side actually got a double this season, which is pretty cool. And you know how it often goes with such situations, Steve. I mean, there's already calls for Finidi to be the next Super Eagles manager. The current Nigeria head coach Jose Pesero's contract, well, it's set to expire in the course of this month, June. And speculation is rife on the next move. Now, Finidi is 52 years old, and he is currently the team's first assistant coach. He wasn't present in Nigeria's last outings against Guinea-Bissau, which of course raised some eyebrows. But he is still very much the assistant coach, and has been in camp with the team. 
Right, so we keep an eye on that uh, speculation. Thanks very much, uh, Ida. This is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Still to come, Stuart, on how good this Manchester City squad is. You can follow us on Twitter at Planet Sport FA, and you can download our app and listen to the show anytime and access past programs in our archive. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. And our website is planetsport.tv and we've got a new blog up on our website. It's called What Does Success Look Like? With more, here's Planet Sport Football Africa's Ephraim Tagu. So as the football season has drawn to a close in Europe, what is success is a question most progressive clubs are asking as they reflect on their performances. And the answer will be infinitely different depending on who you are, what kind of resources you have, and the targets of owners, managers, and coaches. In the English Premier League, this season's theme has probably been disruption. Yes, Manchester City again came through powerfully and relentlessly to win the title, and indeed to win the treble. Yet few would have expected that their main challenges for the title this season to be Arsenal. At the start of the season, most Arsenal fans would have been extremely happy to hear they were going to finish second, having led the table for much of the season. A successful season then, or a massive opportunity missed? For Manchester United, it's been a season of transition under Eric Ten Hag. Yet after a shaky start, a third place and a League Cup trophy could be considered a decent return, even if questions remain about their squad's depth. For perennial challengers, Liverpool, Chelsea and Spurs, all used to top four finishes and Champions League qualification, this season will feel like a failure, despite the Reds' late run to push for fourth. And the disruption has come in the form of Newcastle, whose combination of the huge resources of majority owners, the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, and the astute management of Eddie Howe has delivered fourth place in Champions League football. A further disruption to the established order has seen Brighton and Hove Albion not only recover from the loss of manager Graham Porter and many of the coaching team early in the season, but go on to thrive under the exciting and daredevil style of Roberto Di Zerbi, achieving their highest ever English Premier League finish on sixth and reaching an FA Cup semi-final. Further results are beyond expectations were delivered by Aston Villa, Brentford and Fulham. And other teams like Everton, Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth will be counting avoiding relegation as a success. Of course, players will also have had their targets and aims for the season, scoring a certain number of goals, making a position in the team their own, making their debut, all different measures of success. Yet, success in life is a very different thing. A sporting achievement generally only comes in your younger years. A player retiring from playing at 35 still has most of their life to live. What will success look like for the rest of it? For Christians, a different set of values come into play. Those who follow Jesus recognize they are playing a longer game, where they are looking to receive a different kind of acclaim. The Bible talks of God saying, well done good and faithful servant, where Jesus tells the story of a rich man who entrusted his wealth to his staff and rewarded those who had handled his resources well. Success for Christians is all about obedience, following Jesus faithfully, doing what he says, 
and using the gifts God has given us in his service. And the crown of life and eternity with God far outweighs any of the trophies this life can bring. Well, that's Planet Sport Football Africa's Ephraim Tagu. You can read this blog on our website. That's a planetsport.tv. You go to the blog section and it's called What Does Success Look Like? Well, let's go to social media now. Last week we asked, what do you think about the Saudi League as the Saudi Arabian Pro League has attracted lots of attention with Karim Benzema and N'Golo Kante moving on big money deals, joining Cristiano Ronaldo there. Also, Wilfred Zaha, the Ivory Coast forward, is among other players who are set to move to Saudi Arabia. So we asked, do you think that the Saudi League will become one of the biggest in the world? Do you think that you might be watching it in years to come? And can it rival the English Premier League? Well, a lot of those who got in touch were excited about Ronaldo being there in the Saudi League, including Hawa Kaba in Sierra Leone, Yusuf Aziz in Nigeria, uh, Junior Seri and Abdullah Bari. Uh, Dr. Jonah in Uganda says the Cristiano effect is lifting the Saudi League up. And Yaya in Kenya says with the continuous attraction of big players, it can become a big league, but they should also invest in young talent. Belong Baji in the Gambia says the English Premier League was there long before the Saudi League. It's well structured and has the best quality of football on display due to the experienced players. Uh, so for the Saudi Arabian League to rival the English Premier League, they must attract formidable players, says Belong. And finally, Ubochi in the Gambia says, uh, My humble, gentle legend CR7 spoke the pure truth. If not for Inter Miami's bid, Messi was on his way to Saudi Arabia too. And by the way, Iniesta, Xavi, Asamoah Jan and many more ended their careers uh, in the Qatar League or in the uh, United Arab Emirates. So we can see growth in Saudi Arabia, says Ubochi. Well, thanks very much for those comments. Always great to hear from you. Um, let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir, in the UK. Uh, what do you think, Stuart? Uh, can uh, the Saudi League rival the English Premier League one day? Well, Saudi Arabia had a population of 36 million, but with its massive oil reserves, it's an exceedingly wealthy country. Now, the Saudi Football League has got 16 teams. The majority of the players are homegrown. But there are 120 foreign players from 47 different countries. Of course, the most famous of those is Cristiano Ronaldo, who played half a season for Al Nazar. Finishing second in the league, Ronaldo scored 14 goals in 16 games. But I was surprised to notice that there were 22 Brazilians, more than from any other country, and there are 36 African players from 17 countries. Not surprisingly, perhaps, those with the biggest representation are Algeria and Morocco. But among the African players is Odion Igalo, Nigeria, who was at Watford and so on, Collins Fay from Cameroon, Musa Mareka from Mali, and for you, Steve, Knowledge Musuna from Zimbabwe. As far as I could see, all the Saudi clubs have got a foreign coach, mainly European. And Last year's champions were Al Itahad, Jeddah, and their coach is Nuno. Remember him at Wolves and very briefly at Tottenham? And they were champions last season, including Helder Costa, well known in the Premier League. But they have just added 
N'Golo Kante from Chelsea and Karim Benzema from Real Madrid. Kante earning a reported $100 million per year. At Chelsea, he was on a mere $22 million. Saudi Arabia is certainly making a statement in the world of sport, having invested billions of dollars in golf, having purchased Newcastle United, and with their wealth, they're certainly able to attract star players like Ronaldo and Benzema at the end of their careers. But playing in Saudi Arabia in a league at a relatively low level, even for a lot of money, I don't think is an attractive prospect for players in their prime. If Saudi Arabia wants to become a force in world football, like in the World Cup, I think it needs to be done by developing local talent, putting money into coaching boys and girls from elementary school age upwards, paying a large sum of money to persuade Ronaldo or Benzema to end their days playing low-level football while helping their bank balance will do nothing to raise the standard of Indigenous football. And I don't think there's any likelihood of them competing with the top European leagues in terms of uh, influence or standard any time in the foreseeable future. Yeah, okay, thanks, Stuart. So we'll see uh, how the uh, Saudi Arabian League might grow. Well, let's go to the UEFA Champions League final now here on Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. Uh, Manchester City, of course, uh, doing the treble. So how good is this uh, Man City team, Stuart? Well, Manchester City completed the treble, but the game was a lot closer than expected. In my preview last week, I talked about Manchester City beating Leipzig 7-0, Real Madrid 4-0, Bayern 3-0. Well, in the final, they struggled to get one goal. There was little between the teams, and Inter had clearly identified Haaland as the main goal threat and marked him very tight. He hardly had a clear chance in 90 minutes, and it took an excellent save right at the end to stop the game going into extra time. I would say there's no doubt, though, that City are the best team in Europe. They showed that in their demolition of Real Madrid, Bayern Munich and so on in the earlier rounds. Now, there are reports circulating that Pep Guardiola will only stay two more seasons at City. And if City are to be seen as among the greats of Europe, they really must win the Champions League again. It's easy to say that City have the best players, most money, but a lot of credit must go to Guardiola. His coaching is outstanding. Now, a few years ago, I would have said that John Stones looked to be a defender with a mistake just waiting to happen. Now he looks one of the best defenders in Europe. Jack Grealish, signed two seasons ago for $140 million, looked an expensive misfit. But now he's a regular starter, adding that touch of unpredictability to the City attack. Ilka Gundogan, he just completed his seventh season at City. Now, in his first season, he made just nine appearances, then 15, looked a useful squad player, perhaps. But once again, Pep has shaped his game, and he's arguably City's best midfield player, more important than De Bruyne, I would say. And I've spoken before about Pep's ability to keep a large squad happy. Take Riyad Mahrez. He played 90 minutes in all of City's last four league games, but was then just a spectator, an unused substitute in the FA Cup final and the Champions League final. In terms of the Premier League, Mikel Arteta has done really well at Arsenal, 
top of the league for most of the season. Eric Ten Hag has made Manchester United, well, look like Manchester United. Eddie Howe has transformed Newcastle United from relegation candidates to Champions League. But for all that, the gap between those three clubs and Manchester City is massive. And I think Manchester City already would be favourites to win the Premier League and perhaps to retain the Champions League. Well, yes, they must already be the favourites uh, to win the title uh, this uh, coming season, yeah. And a transfer speculation is on, Stuart. Indeed, transfers have happened already, including Jude Bellingham to Real Madrid. Yes, for over $100 million. And that will be a disappointment to several Premier League clubs who are keen to sign him. Now, an interesting statistic about Bellingham, who's still just 19, he's already played over 14,000 minutes of top-class football. That's 20 times what David Beckham had played at that age, and significantly more even than Wayne Rooney, who was playing for Everton from 16. And I suppose there is a question as to whether he's playing too much too young, but he's got the dream move and we'll see what happens. Alexis McAllister, World Cup winner with Argentina, has left Brighton for Liverpool. I think that was highly expected and disappointing again for Brighton uh, to see one of their star players leaving. Messi, we understand, is leaving PSG for Inter-Miami, that American club part-owned by David Beckham. Then there's the speculation, what about Harry Kane? Keen to leave Tottenham, one year left in his contract, which means that if Tottenham don't sell him this season, they may see him leave on a free transfer next season. Uh, But again, Manchester United are keen to have him, but uh, Tottenham apparently, understandably, not wanting to sell to another Premier League club. And similarly, Mbappe, one year left in his contract at PSG, has indicated that he will not sign a new contract. So again, do PSG sell him and get something, or keep him for one more year? Declan Rice, definitely leaving uh, West Ham United and Arsenal his most likely destination and Steve I saw some interesting statistics on the 10 most expensive English players that's Grealish 125 million dollars Bellingham something over 100 Harry Maguire just under 100 Jadon Sancho just under 90 and then at 65 we've got Kyle Walker Ben Chilwell Ben White Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Now, Grealish took a while to settle at Man City, but brilliant now. But you could say that most of the other top ten have not really lived up to their expensive price tag. So that's just a warning to people who are going to spend big money on players. It doesn't always work out. Steve, we've just stopped talking about one Premier League season. But I want to tell you about next season. It all starts on Friday the 11th of August with Burnley, newly promoted, at home to champions Manchester City on a Friday night. The other two newly promoted clubs start on Saturday. Luton Town are away to Brighton. Sheffield United at home to Crystal Palace. Chelsea at home to Liverpool on the Sunday is an amazingly big game for the first round of fixtures. And then on the Monday, it's Manchester United against Wolves. And Steve, depending on where you live, it would actually be possible for you to watch seven live games over that first weekend. There's something to look forward to. And now, Steve, just one final thought on this. 
Luton Town would be most people's favourite for relegation. But I read some interesting statistics about clubs reaching the Premier League as playoff winners. During the last 31 years of the Premier League period, there were 31 playoff winners. 16 of them survived, 15 were relegated. So on that basis, Luton have actually more than an even chance. And if you look at the last four years, Forest, Brentford, Villa went up as playoff winners and survived. Fulham were relegated. And in 2001, Ipswich, playoff winners finished fourth in the Premier League. There's something for Luton to take encouragement from. Well, interesting stats there. Thanks, Stuart. Uh, so, yeah, the fixture's out for the next English Premier League season already. Uh, some players haven't started taking a rest yet either, as the UEFA Nations League semi-finals were on midweek. Uh, the final coming up on Sunday, Croatia playing Spain, and the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers on as well. And we'll talk about those qualifiers uh, on next week's show. A reminder of our question on social media this week asking how good is Andre Onana? Although he was uh, on the losing team in the Champions League final, Inter Milan's Cameroonian goalkeeper Andre Onana impressed many in the final and throughout the campaign where he kept eight clean sheets. And besides his shot stopping, Onana has been widely praised for his passing and for his vision and he's being linked to clubs like Chelsea. So how good do you think is Andre Onana? You can post a comment on our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa, or send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Well, that's it for the show for this week. So from me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Ida Waringa and from Stuart Weir, thanks a lot for listening. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.